is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Hi, this is Laurie Gregory. Welcome back to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. So great to be with all of you in this epic, perilous time in our nation. There's so much going on. I know we're all so curious about how democracy is going to play out. And it's my pleasure to be here, of course, with you, Andy Wakefield, and with Jim Moody Esquire from the belly of the there in D.C. Welcome, both of you. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. Always happy to be here. We're watching, Andy, as you just said a moment ago, health freedom hanging in the balance. We certainly already know where each candidate stands with regard to mandatory vaccines and health policy in general. But what in the heck? Can we deduce anything with regard to the news that's coming out fast and furious and how this is going to affect our movement? I continue to say that no matter who your lawmaker is, you need to know the history of vaccine policy and you've got to watch 1986, the act, I think at least five times to really get all the nuances that you've laid out so brilliantly, Andy, and the history going back to the 1950s to present day to understand how we got where we are in health policy in America. But what say each of you as we're watching this historic moment unfold in our country? You know, from my point of view, the level of corruption in the 1986 Act and beyond is so great that, yeah, you need to, you need to watch the film a few times just to grasp the sheer magnitude of what uh, the federal agencies and the drug companies were prepared to do to have their way. And it seems we're kind of hanging on to the remnants of health freedom right now. Jim, give us an update. What's your take on where we are right now? On the election issues or on where? On the election issues, oh, yeah. Well, right now uh, we are um, uh, uh, just seeing now some of the, some of the there's six states remaining, uh, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, and Nevada, seeing now Biden head by tiny majorities in, in Georgia and Pennsylvania. Uh, there, are, there are over 250 lawsuits pending around the country. Uh, the, mo- the most important ones deal with Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. All three of those states have Republican legislatures and Democrat executives. And in all three cases, the executives changed the rules of the elections at the last minute supposedly to account for COVID, but to give the blue team a substantial advantage, most importantly by not requiring signature verification. So one of the ways you you guard against ballot fraud is to verify the signature on the envelope where the ballot is returned in a mail ballot or absentee ballot with the signature on the registration form, as well as matching driver's licenses and all that sort of thing. If that's done, just like when you sign your check at a bank, you get a relatively high assurance that's who voted the vote. Once that's not done, you know, you you can go around and pick up the votes off the apartment house mailroom floor and just vote those uh, and fill in the names and there'll be no no verification. So it's rampant fraud. Most importantly, the uh, Bush v. Gore case in 2000 said that the state legislature gets to write the rules. The U.S. Constitution in Article 1, Section 2, clearly says that each state shall design the rules, and it it gives to the legislature, not the courts, not the executive, the power to define those rules. 
So the, the reason we're in a, such of a mess right at the moment is because Chief Justice Roberts, in a petition filed for emergency relief last week, refused to direct Pennsylvania to follow the rules set by the legislature. Now, it's not on the merits. It was just a timing thing. He refused to intervene. That case will come back to the court in a couple of weeks on the merits. So that, that's the case to watch out of Pennsylvania. If the Chief Roberts says you have to follow the rules set by the legislature, that will mean Pennsylvania will have to restart its entire count, verify the signatures, and not count ballots received after Tuesday. So that, that's potentially the big game changer. That would apply in Michigan and Wisconsin as well. So it's still an open question. The next event legally that will happen other than the Supreme Court intervention will come on December 14th when the Electoral College meets in each state to, uh, to decide who's going to be president. Republican legislatures in those three states have another option to intervene by just disregarding the popular vote on the grounds of fraud and appointing their own slate of electors. You know, the Constitution gives to the legislature the sole task of appointing electors. They could certainly rely on a popular election if they so choose, but they're not required to. Now, that's an extreme remedy. And I, I think, frankly, Republicans are in those states are more rhino than they are conservative. So I don't expect that to happen. But that is a safety valve available in those states as a, a last check against what appears to be massive election fraud. So wow. no, no, nothing's going to be finalized until at least December 14th. If Biden wins, it'll be by a tiny hair's breadth. The good news in the election, dare I say so, is that the Senate will likely remain in, in, in on the red team uh, and that the House gained eight to 14 seats on the red side. There was no big, massive blue wave, despite the predictions from the polls. So at least the, the major catastrophes of court packing, adding states, uh, abandoning the filibuster, most of the major catastrophes will be avoided. And if the, even if there is a Biden presidency, it will be ineffectual because the Senate will be able to block any, any major substantive change. Uh, so we're going to be in a holding pattern for four years, and hopefully by then the Republicans can uh, regroup under Trump or not and, uh, and, and get back on the red team side. So in the, the message for health freedom is this. That, that everybody immediately should in, uh, contact their local legislators under a Biden administration. There will clearly be a push not only for new lockdowns and national mask mandate, as he's already indicated, but there'll be a push for mandatory vaccine, even if it's not a, uh, not a direct injection per se, but to travel, to go to school, to engage in the activities of daily living. Under a Biden administration, we are facing unbelievable health tyranny as we have never seen before. So, you know, everybody's at their local levels, you know, state, county, local sheriffs, county sheriffs immediately set up, you know, what they used to call at the time of the revolution committees of correspondence. You know, this is time for Patrick Henry, you know, live free or die, you know, get out there, get involved, get engaged, um, set up, you know, the teams necessary to be in the state capitol when, when the time comes. In January, February, these mandates will come for sure under a Biden administration. People have talked, many people have talked about civil insurrection either way. But if, if civil insurrection occurred, either because uh, Justice Roberts came down in favor of the legislature 
making the decisions about how voting should take place and ultimately there was a narrow Trump victory or conversely if there were a narrow Trump a Biden victory what would people have predicted civil insurrection one of the things that determines the way civil insurrection plays out in any country throughout history is the side taken by the military side taken by the police the side taken by um you know the Garda Sevilla. Who do you see any potential in in this country? There's been a massive amount of fake news, mostly coming out of the mainstream media, that Trump's going to have a military coup backed by the military, not leave office, blah blah blah. That's all entirely fake news. Uh, it really, you know, I dare I say, happened here, you know, because. A lot of things I didn't think could happen here are happening, but the the we have such a wall between the military and the civilian forces that there is zero chance the military would intervene. Frankly, on either side, the president has the authority under the Insurrection Act to put down a local and and state level insurrections, and has used that authority most recently under a, a father and son Bush to put down various local riots. Uh, Trump could have used that authority. Many wished he would down the riots in May, June, and July, but did not. And so, but certainly there's zero chance that Trump would use the military in any sort of coup to stay in office. Not going to happen here. So, but the MSM, by putting that story out as a, a risk, is engaging in fake news to scare people, frankly. Uh, and it's just, it's unprincipled, but it's part of the psyops going on out of the mainstream media, an attempt to scare people to stay loyal to the Trump side. On the Biden side, all of the, you know, 90%, 95% of all of the rioting has been going on on the blue team. There's a group called Shut Down DC that's prepared to and will literally shut down DC through gridlock and what they call direct action, which is a euphemism for violent protests, if there is a, a narrow Trump victory. So that's definitely coming, and it will be up to the local police, and perhaps with the aid of the National Guard called out by the governor, to deal with those situations. And frankly, most of the summer, especially in places like Portland and Seattle, they completely dropped the ball. You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. To continue the conversation, go to 1986theact.com slash membership, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and access the Andy Wakefield podcast in its entirety and much more.